This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Step Back, everybody. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Uh, as you heard there at the beginning, that's not our our actual intro, but it is one of the new tracks from our guy Drew Pock's new EP. Uh, it's called Hail Mary 3. Uh, name of his new EP is Long Story Short. It's out on Audio Mac right now. You can look him up. Again, that's Drew Pock. Uh, or when you get to Audio Mac, you can look him up by ADBJ1. Uh, but again, he, he's got four songs on the EP, new music. Uh, everything he, he does is terrific, in my opinion. Uh, he, he keeps getting better, and we, we're trying our best to get this guy more and more exposure. So uh, if you like hip-hop, if you like rap, uh, head over to his page on Audio Mac and uh, show him some support. Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, I'm going to buy a copy as soon as I can. He's He's got hard copies now, and um, he'll probably be you know trying to get those get those out you know, as soon as he can. But ever since I heard the first intro he did for us, I was like, wow, man, this kid's really talented. And um, everything, <laughs> you're right, like literally everything he does just keeps getting better and better. You know, the more exposure and experience he gets, the better he's going to get. So it's it's been really fun watching him kind of kind of grow his brand. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, look, we it's gotten to the point now to where, and don't get me wrong, I, I love the intro we have right now. I love the first one he did, you know, the Dennis Smith Jr. coming with the jam. That was... <laughs> That was awesome, but it's gotten to the point now to where I'm thinking, okay, well, how's this roster going to change this summer? And like, I'm just thinking of the possibilities <laughs> that he can. Uh, Drew, we might, <laughs> Drew, we might need another intro. Keep that, keep that on the on your we, burner. Keep we, thinking about it. We've talked about it. I told him just wait till after free agency, and we'll <laughs> we'll we'll see where it goes. But. Yeah, again, like Matt said, uh, he's actually got physical copies of his EP out right now. If you like it, 
Uh, find him at Drew all day, or Drew thirty two all day on Twitter, and uh, he'll hook you up with that. But uh, we're we're eventually going to get all of his stuff, you know, on Spotify and iTunes and all that good stuff as well. So uh, again, just uh, keep showing him some support because we think he's going places. But all right, Matt. Uh, not too much going on in in the Mavs world, uh, other than you know the lottery. We're we're on officially uh, less than a week countdown until we get to the lottery on Tuesday night. Uh, you know we got one, two, three, four. We got four more full days until we get there, and I mean I'm pretty excited about it. I mean I'm not getting my hopes too high, but I just again like we've been saying all along. Uh, you just, I get a good feeling about it. Well, share your energy with us, Mavs, uh, Mavs Nation. We need it. Right, right. Just like <laughs> uh... Goku and the Spirit Bomb, man. That, that's that's what we need to be doing right now. Yeah, I'm not too hopeful, but you never know. By the, we'll see how it goes. By the way, this and this is off subject, but did you know it's actually Goku Day? For real? Yeah, yeah. June June ninth in Japan is Goku Day. I just saw that on Twitter a while ago, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Dalton, it's 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 May 9th. Oh, oh. Wait, did I wait? Now I gotta look this up. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna be so upset. I'm sorry, step step back, listeners. Dalton doesn't know what day of the month it is. Oh, I'm getting ahead of month. I want to get to the draft and free agency so bad. Okay, okay, no, I, it was my goof. It up. was it was Star Wars Day recently. Okay, no, 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 no. It, it May May 9th is Goku Day. I, that was my blooper. I said June. I I jumped the gun. <laughs> so, I I'm okay with that. I was going to be upset if it was if Goku Day was actually June 9th, and I <laughs> I got ahead of myself a month. But anyway, no. well, now that we know what month it is and what day it is, um, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, it 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 gives us good energy for the uh, for the lottery coming up. Yeah, yeah, and I, uh, you know, as we've mentioned before, Cynthia Marshall is going to be there for the Mavs on stage, uh, and we're just we're hoping she comes through for us, but. Anyway, guys, you know, for for the majority of of this pod, we're just gonna you know answer a, a bunch of y'all's questions. Uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while, and you know, it's it's one of those weeks where you know there's not many rumors going on or anything like that. We can just you know sit down here and discuss all the the questions you have and uh, answer them as, as best we can. So, uh, Matt, I'm gonna start with this one since we've already talked about. Uh, Goku Day. <laughs> Preston Simmons, he, he asked this one, he said for Dalton, so I'm going to go ahead and just answer this one first. But he, he asked me, who do I like better, Goku or Vegeta? And to me, this is like, this is like, I don't, I don't have any kids, obviously, not yet at least. Uh, <laughs> but to me, it's like if you have a parent with multiple children and you ask them which one they like better, that's kind of like what this feels like to me <laughs> because I, I really, I like both characters a lot. Uh, grew up on DBZ and, um, uh, I don't know, I guess I'd lean Goku just because he's so likable and, 
he he's the one that you know you start out liking and uh, Vegeta just kind of grows on you the rest of the way but it's really tough <laughs> uh, am I allowed to answer this one too? yeah you know even what though, even though it was for you you know what go ahead <laughs> well okay um my I think my favorite's always been Vegeta because I feel like he has the best character development throughout the entire series he goes from being super evil and terrible to you know one of the most completely well-rounded and you know developed characters on the entire show and he's also kind of a dick and an anti-hero and i like that like i like i've always been kind of an anti-hero guy you know who else um, you, you know who else you just described to pickle piccolo <laughs> no piccolo <laughs> yeah no that's true he's good too um those are actually you know both of those guys really are, are great characters but um, you know i I always cheer for Vegeta too because like he he's never gotten like his big moment where like he saves the day like he's tried before and it hasn't worked out and you know but well he eventually did, hopefully he'll get it he did have that moment within uh, guys if if you're not a fan of Dragon Ball Z just bear with us while we nerd out for a second here but he did he did have that moment in the uh, the Cell Saga like before. It was like the original androids that came out. You know, he had his moment where he, you know, burst onto the scene. And he had just, it was the first time he had become Super Saiyan and all that. So, he that was that was a, a good moment for him. But I get what you're saying. Like, he's never had, like, the final triumph. Well, that's the thing. Is, like, he's had it. And then they took, they, they used, they used uh, uh, time travel and they erased it. <laughs> Like he was about he was about he was about to kill Frieza in that movie, and then they did a reverse time thing and and he couldn't do it and it pissed me off so much. It's like just give him that moment, <laughs> like just one time, and they keep taking it away from him. It's bullshit. But yeah. Anyway, we, we won't we won't keep going on this because well, Preston. there's like five people who listen to us who probably know what we're talking about. <laughs> I think there's more than that. I, I think the the Mavs DBZ. Uh, mashup community is a is a fun one on Twitter. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to Preston for that. That that kind of stuff makes it fun. But anyway, we'll we'll move on to actual Mavs topics now. You know, a lot of you replied to us and wanted us to answer these questions. We'll start with uh, Dirk Nomiski. <laughs> he uh, he said, as much as we all love DP, aren't we a little worried about the idea of him being? Uh, in our starting five, and the idea of relying on a seven foot three guy coming off a serious knee injury to be our anchor down low, shouldn't a def- defensive center be the main focus? Matt, uh, yes, I, I think that there's you know, um, there's legitimate concern there. I don't think Dwight Powell's a starting caliber player, first of all, but um. And, you know, he's not a great rebounder, uh, neither is KP, so I'd like to have someone in there who could protect the rim better and, and you know, get after on the boards. And I, I think that's <clears> – <throat> and there's another question that that we'll, that we'll get to later maybe that kind of um, goes along the same lines of what's more important to, to what the team's looking for right now. Yeah. And, I you know, I think that you, you can't really <laughs> prioritize that over anything else because they have so many holes. And that's one of the reasons I'm so hesitant on the Kimba thing. I know we won't we won't get into that whole thing, but like I, th- I think this team needs more than just one 
or two things. I think it needs five or six different things. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, to to answer to answer the last part of his question, shouldn't a defensive center be the main focus? I don't think so. I mean, I I think it's definitely something they need to they need to address. Uh, you know, if KP isn't what we think he is. Now, if KP comes back and he's hundred percent and he's fine, he's added muscle and everything, which uh you know just looking at him uh you know the videos of him on the practice court and all that just uh, he looks like he's a lot bigger than what he was before the injury so he's definitely been in the weight room uh you know the, the last time he played for the Knicks he averaged like two and a half blocks a game uh, so he's definitely capable he's a good rim protector the rebounds are you know iffy he still gets uh, I believe six or seven a game I think it was seven a game uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think that's the biggest, uh, or the main focus. And the thing with Dwight Powell is we talk a lot about fit. You know, that's what we, we argued a lot. Uh, you know, we went back and forth on Kimba Walker last week, but you know, with Dwight Powell, he's not the best player in the world, but offensively you can see how he would be a really intriguing fit next to uh Porzingis if Porzingis plays the five so no I don't think a defensive center should be the main focus but yes you know they should they should address that at some point but it's not a it's not a must you know I I want them to focus on shooting scoring uh, and then you know we can figure out the defensive stuff later no yeah that's fair but uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, the next one, this is from Raphael. Uh, he says, well, Matt, I think I'm going to let you read this one. You want to read it? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, we'll just alternate reading questions. How about that? All right. Uh, what do you think we need to target most in free agency? Another ball carrier. Um, Zeke. <laughs> Zeke would be nice. Uh, I don't know who else is a free agent. Sorry, Raphael. Uh, I had to. A rebounder or a 3 and D, and do you think Rick can turn Justin Jackson into a serviceable 3 and D if we get, or if we go after the other two positions? Um, and by ball carrier, we're assuming he means playmaker, point guard type. Right, right. And I mean, look, obviously it's the answer needs to be 3 and D out of those choices, right? Uh, that's that's what you like the most. Like say say the Mavs were able to land Clay Thompson as their you know a pipe dream free agent this summer. That's to me that would be ideal. Obviously you have Kevin Durant and uh, Kawhi, but I mean I'm just saying like a true three and D that's not going to be uh, the guy. He's like perfect for that. So. I'd go with the three and D player over the you know the second ball handler or the rebounder. But again, like we discussed last week, if they do decide to go all out for Kimba and they end up getting Kimba, they can make that work. Um, and to the second part of that question, I absolutely think that Rick can turn Justin Jackson into a serviceable three and D guy. Um, I've said this before. I think you know he's. He's more like a like a seventh, eighth uh, kind of guy on a roster, but that doesn't mean he's not good. He showed glimpses towards the end of the season, uh, you know how well he could shoot the three. 
uh, on defense. He's so long. He can test every. I don't know, Matt. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but uh, some of those games that you know were blowouts and uh, some of those games that didn't matter. I found myself just watching Justin Jackson on individual possessions, and he doesn't give anybody space. Like he is, he can test until the very last second. He, he, you know, he'll avoid fouling people, uh, shooting jump shots. You know, he he's really good at contesting shots, and he's really long. And more times than not, it bothers uh, his opponents. So. Yes, I think that he could be a key guy going forward. I have a lot of faith in Rick Carlisle, uh, you know, continuing to develop him. Uh, I think he's going to be a good piece for the Mavs going forward the next, you know, two to three years. Yeah, um, no, I agree. I I think 3 and D is probably the the most important. I'd actually put secondary ball handling and playmaking as the the third thing on that list, Um, you know, I'd much prefer three and D first, and then, you know, something like, uh, like Montrez Harrell or you know Kenneth Fareed or something like that. I think would be a fantastic addition to the roster. Um, obviously, you'd have to trade for Harrell, but that's another conversation altogether. Um, and but as far as Justin Jackson goes, I don't see any reason. Like I don't, I don't understand the hate from some people on Justin Jackson. Like he's fine. He's still in his rookie contract. I think he has way more potential to to be not only a better defender but a better offensive player than Dorian Finney-Smith. Absolutely. And, and I see no reason why he can't end up being maybe longer PJ Tucker. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why. Like he he might not be as tough and as gritty or whatever, but you know that's that's stuff that can develop over time as he gets more experience. I mean he he can he has the potential to change the game defensively. And you know, hit corner threes, and you know, and and get after the glass a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think yeah, you know, considering what Rick's done with Dwight Powell, I see no reason why he can't turn Justin Jackson into something good. Well, and I'll, I'll say this, and uh, like like most of you know, uh, before I came over to DallasBasketball.com, I I used to do a lot of stuff over at uh, Mavs Moneyball, and uh, those guys like to give me a hard time when I. <laughs> <laughs> when I latch on to certain players. So I think most of the, you know, the negative stuff about Justin Jackson is is mainly coming from those guys, and I can't tell if it's legitimate or if they're just trying to <laughs> – they're just trying to be uh, a contrarian to, to what I think. So I don't know. But I, I, I agree. I, I think Justin Jackson, he's going to be a really good – piece off the bench and he's still young he's still on his rookie contract uh and i mean he's six eight and long he can do a little bit of everything and i think it's a reasonable expectation to think that he can be you know a seventh or eighth guy in the rotation for a winning team yeah um i I have a question for you actually dalton who did you latch on to before dennis because it was it was dennis and then it was justin jackson who was it before dennis before Dennis, there had to be somebody. Tell me oh, it wasn't it, Kyle Collinsworth. No, it was it was Nerlens Noel. Oh, uh, and that sense. and the reason it was Nerlens Noel is because I actually I actually called that because it was like a few months before the the trade deadline and uh, I was coming up with I was writing about you know uh, trades that would you know actually work. 
And I was like, you know what? Nerlens Noel really like fits the type of center that they they need right now. And then it ended up happening, and I was just like, yeah! And I was so amped and excited, and obviously that did not work out at all. <laughs> so, it, had its, it had its moments. It, it did. He had that one, I remember, I'll never forget that Grizzlies game where he had he, he had the monster night. It was like close to 20 and 20, I think, towards the end of the season. And I was like, okay, well, this could be good going forward, but... Hey then, man, I I watched him in college. At I was it was when I was at Ole Miss. I, I was at a Ole Miss Kentucky game uh, in Oxford, and Nerlens was the most dominant defensive player I had ever seen in person in college basketball. He was so good. He was really good. And he just, I guess he just, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. Too many hot dogs, I guess. Yeah, uh, too many distractions. Uh, he just couldn't really get it together. I mean, his first mistake was turning down a four-year, $70 million contract from the Mavs, which in hindsight, like, thank God, thank right? God. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, ever since that, I mean, as soon as we found out that he declined that, everybody knew, like, okay, he's definitely not going to, you know, make up this money over the rest of his career so that was his loss but it was good for the Mavs and you know uh, then later that summer after he uh, it was actually before the free agency period uh, we got Dennis and uh, you know that was my new guy so if we don't get Justin Jack I mean and obviously I you know I like Luka Doncic and uh, some of these other guys on the roster but I mean you know there's always that one guy that you just kind of you kind of root for you know <clears throat> yeah but anyway moving on this one's from james beaver he uh he basically asked uh like which of these combos or which of these options would we rather and i think he's getting this from a, a tweet that fish put up earlier in the week but uh beverly and favors or beverly and vucevic or beverly and brogdon or Drogic and Vucevic, or just Kimba. <laughs> which, which one of those would would you go with? Hmm. Um. Man, I've got. A, I get, there's a couple of different ways I could go on this. If I'm being, if I'm being totally honest, it's really difficult for me. Um. We all know my fa- fascination with Drogic, Drogic. Um. Yeah. And having him, so immediately, like. The Dragic and Vucevic combination kind of pops out at me. I think that's, you know, them paired with KP and Luka makes a really, you know, really, really fun offensive team. But, man, I don't know. I, I would have to lean, I think, Beverly and Brogdon. Well, obviously, I, I've really latched on to this Kimba idea because – you know when you've got when you've got a guy like that that's you know uh, I mean let's just, let's call it how it is it, despite his team situation the guy's a superstar he's performed at that high of a le- level for such a long period of time that I mean that's just that's what he is he's not big but I mean yeah. it, it, he's he's shown us that it doesn't matter because of you know how he's able to 
how he's able to score. Now, as far as overall team success goes, it matters if you don't surround him with the right players. But again, I don't I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue in Dallas, you know, than what it's been in Charlotte. So. I'm still going to keep him as my first option, but, you know, under that, like if they can't land the the bigger name there, I'm probably, you know, I'm probably like you. I'm probably going to go with Beverly and Brogdon uh, because, like I mentioned earlier, Dwight Powell, he's such a, he's such a nice fit offensively with Porzingis because he's such an elite uh, rim runner, you know, he can set screens, he's a good role man, he's an elite role man when it comes to that, now again, defense is lacking, and you know, his, his arms just aren't quite long enough to, uh, for him to excel on that end, but, uh, you know, if we're just talking offense, and we have Porzingis at the five, and he's blocking shots, and he's able to hold his own against bigger guys, and all that, uh, I think Beverly and Brogdon would be very, intriguing because that's two plus defenders that's two good three-point shooters uh and it's i mean it's doable in my opinion especially with you know brogdon having the uh the foot issues or was it or was it his achilles um it was one of the it was a lower leg thing i don't don't think it was an achilles but yeah it held him out of the the first round and he he played in the Bucks clincher against the the Celtics the other night first game of the playoffs but uh, I think that would be doable and I mean obviously a guy like Favors you know if you're looking at getting a defensive center that uh, has some offensive game too he's kind of like an an underrated uh, third tier guy but I mean I mean there's no guarantee that he's he's even going to be on the market I'm pretty sure he has a team option. Uh, so it's not even up to him, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's who I'd go with is, uh, Kimba first, if that doesn't work and they want to split the cap space between multiple players. And those are the options that James gave to us there. I'm going Beverly and Brogdon. Um, I think the term superstar for Kimba is a little, um, Correct. Yeah, I don't know about that. You Incorrect. think it's correct? I, I, I think that's a little much. <laughs> I, but I also, in my defense, I, I I think there's very few real superstars in the NBA. Like, I, I, I could I, – I'm a lot more um, conservative using that word than most people. Um, but I, I can see where you're coming from um, with the, the Beverly and Brogdon thing. Um the only the only problem I have with the scenario that you laid out is the Dwight Powell being a starter thing. I just really think if Dwight Powell is a starter, the Mavericks are in big trouble. Um, I I, I, I think, think he's so. I, I think he's great as a reserve player. Um, with that with the second unit with Maxi, and I think he and Maxi go really well off each other. Um, and I think that that second group has real good chemistry, and I wouldn't want to break that up, but um. Yeah, that's just well, me. he can still he can still be staggered, you know, with Maxi if it comes down to it. I mean, obviously, if if everything goes according to plan, then I mean, yeah, you don't you don't have a you don't have Dwight Powell starting, you know, to to begin the season. But if so, like I said, he's such a good fit. 
uh, next to Porzingis, or at least an, an, an interesting fit. You know, it should work. Um, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world, especially depending on how you feel those other two starter positions. So uh, if you get some plus defenders shuffled in there with Powell starting, then it's not then it's not as bad. But uh, I, def- I definitely get your concern there. But anyway, we can we can move on to the next one if you yeah. want to, and uh, we'll just keep yeah. rolling. I'm gonna them. I'm gonna skip the next one because it's we've pretty much already answered it. But um, so after that, from Andres W, um, supposing KP is healthy, who is the number one guy in clutch time? Him or Luca? I think this is a pretty easy answer, but yeah, I, definitely Luca. Uh, now, and the reason it's definitely Luca, and it, it really depends on what, how much time is left too, because I mean. Uh, if there's enough time, you know, he's he's so quick at, uh, you know, finding these amazing passing lanes and getting the ball to players that, you know, he could even pass it to Porzingis, you know, for the game-winning shot or something. But I think you definitely have to get the ball in Luka's hands regardless whether it's him taking the final shot or, or making one of those last-second decisions. Yeah, um... Luca is just so so cold blooded, man. I, I don't I don't think there's anybody else on the roster that I'd rather have you know the ball in their hands. It's everything he's done so far has already been so incredible. Um, I mean, I'm sure there'll be moments when he's covered and you know KP kind of has to make a play or somebody else has to make a play. But you know, if the play goes how they draw it up coming out of a timeout or whatever the situation, you better believe that Rick Carlisle is going to want the ball in Lucas' hands. So, Right. Um, I mean, that's it's pretty, it's pretty easy to me. I mean, he's he's just got that gene, man. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, there's really nothing more I can add to that. I just know I definitely want it in Lucas' hands, and then whatever happens from there, we can live with it because he's already shown us as a rookie – that you know he's more than capable of taking and making the big shot, and he's got some pretty, uh, pretty good court vision too. Uh, to and that's an understatement. So, uh, moving on, uh, this is Mark Muntean. I hope I said that right, Mark. But uh, <laughs> he said, "What would a salary dump of Courtney Lee cost? Would this year's second round pick be enough?" Uh. Matt, I'll let you go first. So, what is he asking if we could get rid of Courtney Lee's salary for a yeah. second round pick? Yes. Yeah. So, like instead of instead of waiving him, if we wanted to get Courtney Lee's full, I think it's twelve, twelve and a half, almost thirteen million dollars off the books. Uh, what would it take to shed him completely? I have no idea. I don't think anybody really wants that. Unless well, it's a te- well, unless it's a team that's like looking to like acquire salary, I guess that they can then um, dump off the next year, or, or well, you know, in preparation for the following free agency. I mean, I don't really understand why anybody would want to just take him on. Well, it's a really it's a really intriguing question because you know his his salary isn't like isn't like Wes Matthews expiring contract last year. It's not. I mean, yeah, it's way too much, but it's not like overwhelming. You know, it's just it's twelve, thirteen million dollars. 
Uh, so and the, and the Mavs have a really high second round pick. They have pick number thirty seven this year. So uh, with him being on an expiring deal, yeah, I, I mean, I I could see that. I could see somebody uh, taking Courtney Lee's uh, contract just into their, I guess, into their salary uh, salary space. Uh, for that second round pick so I don't I I mean I don't think it's going to happen but I think it's a possibility I could see somebody biting on that and then trying to use Courtney Lee as a a trade chip uh, further into the season well another thing that might you know end up happening is that the Mavericks use him in a in a sign sign and trade situation um, this summer when they try to acquire a you know a big time free agent you know, if they need uh, if they need to use his salary to to kind of match things up better or or whatever, you know, that's a possibility too. But yeah. um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I I think the most likely scenario is to end up stretching him. But again, I'm you know I can't stress this enough. I'm not a cap expert. So um, speaking of cap experts, we we really need to get David Lord to come on the pod. Uh, I talked to him the other day about, you know, the the trade exception stuff and we literally talked on the phone for like 40 minutes straight and my head like it was about to explode because he just had he has so much knowledge about that kind of stuff. It's almost it's almost overwhelming, but it's really good uh to get a an ep, an explanation of all that stuff like that. We need to have him on sometime. We could do a whole episode with with David Lord. We really could. We need to do that soon. Maybe after the lottery's over. Yeah, he can get us. He can get us fully prepared for free agency, and you know exactly what the Mavs can do. So, uh, well, guys, we're gonna continue asking your. Uh, we're gonna continue answering your questions, rather, and uh, we got a lot to get to. But first, we're gonna take a quick break. Hang with us. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, We're just going to jump right into it. We're going to continue answering uh, all of your questions here. This one is from RD. Uh, He he says, what is the best possible situation for the Mavs this offseason? Not necessarily realistic, but if everything went right, what is the best situation that could technically happen? Okay, I'm going to have fun with this because RD, this is right up my alley. This is Pipe Dream Central. I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have fun with this. So, the most, uh, or the the best situation uh, that could happen for the Mavs this offseason obviously starts Tuesday night at the lottery. Uh, they win the number one overall pick, which they will. You know they'll they'll keep and draft Zion. Then, I mean, if you get Zion, then you you've got like I want to say it's around seven or eight million. I wrote on this a, a while back, a couple weeks ago, but I can't remember the exact number. But uh, for the top pick this year, you know that's going to eat into your salary cap. So instead of 30 million which is around what the Mavs will currently have if they get Zion it'd be more around like 22 23 million 
Uh, so, okay, so you, you draft Zion, you've got him on the team, you've got $23 million in cap space. Well then, let's go back to uh, the other question right before the break about Courtney Lee. Uh, we, find, we find a team that takes on Courtney Lee's contract for that second round pick that we got, the pick number 37. So, let's see, 22... 32 34 million dollars now we're back up to 34 million then we find somebody to take on uh uh tim hardaway jr (laughs) or hey hey let's maybe we're getting too far out in left field here let's just say dwight powell say he opts in and something happens they don't extend him and he's just on a 10 million dollar expiring deal Okay, so then you're up to uh, $44 million. At that point, you go out and you get either Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard. And then you're automatically, you know, a championship contender going into next season. So that's a I lot. I prefer Kawhi I'm in sh- that scenario, <laughs> for the record. Well, well, I mean, I, either you can't go wrong when you're talking about these guys. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's the uh, – well, no, you can't even say he's the better defender, really, because Kevin Durant, he's kind of he's kind of underrated. He's been in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation the past couple seasons. But uh, anyway, RD, that that is my best case scenario for the Mavs this summer. And again, you mentioned that it didn't have to be necessarily realistic, but you know that's my that's my thinking on it. Okay, is it my turn now, Matt? It is your turn, Matt. And okay. please have have a little fun. Let your let yourself go. Dream a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, they they win the lottery. Um, they draft Zion. <laughs> so then you have your three man core of Luca, Zion, and KP. And then um, my next move is trade. Is the Clippers decide? You know what? Um, we really need. Uh, to kind of break things up a little bit, you know, get some flexibility going forward into the future maybe. Um, or, you know, we, we need to make some changes. So then they decide, yeah, sure, we'll take uh, Courtney Lee in a second-round pick for Montrez Harrell. So then um, then, you, then you've got, as your starting lineup so far, you've got Luca and Zion and, and KP and Montrez. And then, so how much cap space does that give you left? Uh, let's see. So it's the seven million. It's the seven million for Zion, and then you actually yep. gain you gain six million um, with the Montrez thing. Right. So that puts you pretty much back right at thirty million, right? Right. Right at twenty nine thirty million. So then you go out and. Clay Thompson decides. Yeah, Clay Thompson decides. You know what? I'm really tired of being here in Golden State. I want to go somewhere where there's no state income tax, and it's right at the center of the country, and it's like a, a real a real bougie city where I can spend all my money, but still kind of relax and be kind of a pothead. And um, <laughs> I think Dallas is a place for me. So well, then, like you know, I said, Clay like Thompson it- signs for about thirty, not a full max, but thirty. And um, I don't know. This is really hard because I'm trying to make it kind of realistic, but like also it said doesn't necessarily <laughs> have to be realistic. No, no. He, he, I mean, RD was very specific there. He said he said it didn't have to be very realistic. So maybe that was, inst- 
He gave, how about this? He made the mistake of giving me the green light, and I am <laughs> I am all for it. But anyway, go ahead. Instead, how about this? Instead of that, instead of Courtney Lee, they move uh, or no, they do a sign a trade with uh, Golden State, where you trade Tim Hardaway Jr. and a pick <laughs> yes. for for Clay Thompson, just so they can they can have they can have that you know outside shooter and. You know that that makes that a little bit more possible. Man, we are getting then, it. We are getting into some two K my league <laughs> trade override kind of stuff here. And the the cherry on top, the cherry on top is Goran Dragic decides. You know what? I want contractual <laughs> stability over a bunch of money, and I'm going to opt out of my deal of one year, nineteen million. That doesn't necessarily guarantee me a, a decent deal going forward after that year, depending on what happens. And I'm going to sign the three-year, uh, a three-year MLE deal with the Mavericks. That's going to pay me thirty million over three years instead of nineteen million in one year. And he's going to be part of that, you know, that that unit off the bench that him and Jalen Brunson and and uh, whoever else fills out that bench unit. And I think. You know, it's a pretty good team. Your starting lineups, Luca and Clay and Zion and KP and Montrez Harrell, and you're 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 pulling down you're pulling down banners. <laughs> right. Yeah, look, I, my head's starting to hurt, so we're gonna move on. But thank you, RD, for that. That was <laughs> that that was that was a lot of fun. But now my head's starting to hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little extreme. Okay. Uh, okay so look, I, hold on, hold on. Before we get to this, before you, I'll you can read the next question off. But before this, I just want to. And just bear with me. We're not going to spend. We're not even going to spend like five minutes on this. But what? Before I get to my point, what do you think of Damian? Like, if Damian Lillard was to be a Maverick, what would you think about that? I love Dame. <laughs> Dame is my guy. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm kind of springing this on you here, but I was just thinking about it in my head. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to basketball reference and I'm going to put Kimba Walker and Damian Lillard in the player comparison finder. And wouldn't you know it, it is near identical. I mean, you should, I'm going to send this to you in a little bit and you can look over it, but you know, it's just the perception of Kimba being on a, on a bad team and, you know, uh, not being the biggest guy, which, you know, Dame, he's, he's not the biggest guy either. But well, he's I mean, two inches taller. I mean, he's listed as two inches taller, but it's like Kimba being six one. He doesn't look like he's six one. Dame doesn't look like he's six three. Come on. <laughs> but just saying. But I'm just saying. I'm going to send you this, and it is crazy. They're like I. They're like the identical. They're identical players. Okay. <laughs> so here's, here, here's so you my would argument. like you would like Dame on the Mavs, but you you don't like Kimba Walker on the Mavs. But they're here, here, essentially here, the same player. Okay. Anyway, here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Dame has won me over with his his play in this postseason, with his personality and his stare Russell Westbrook in the face, and you know just break his jaw this postseason. I love that. And that's why I love Dame so much. Had you had you brought this scenario to me a year ago, I probably would have said no. Well, my, I guess my point is, and before my my whole point in saying this is, look how the Blazers have surrounded Dame with the right type of players, and he doesn't. I mean, he's got C.J. McCollum, but other than that, he doesn't have the, 
you know, what Kimball would have with Luca and Kristaps Porzingis in Dallas. So, I mean, and you add a couple of, you know, veteran mineral veteran minimum sorry uh contract guys that are you know decent defenders and uh or even a guy with the mle uh i mean it can work anyway we're gonna move on from that i just wait 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 wait, wait. no 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 i'm not done with this yet no 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 no. you can't get the last word on this (laughs) i just want i just want to say one more thing okay now what's the biggest difference between kimball walker and damian lillard in your mind uh, Kimball Walker isn't a rapper, as far as I know. Okay, well that seems like a plus for Damien. But it is, but it's not. <laughs> it's not basketball related. Damien plays in the West, and he does it in the West. But he's also got a better team. That's I'm what just I'm saying, saying he he does it in the West. He puts up the he puts up the same or better shooting numbers in the West. Somebody somebody told me. I think somebody pointed this out. Uh, uh, when I did my piece on how Kimba was a imperfect but winning piece for the the Mavs on DallasBasketball.com, but the best, hold on just a second. And I haven't seen I haven't seen Kimba hit a forty foot step back in Paul George's face in a playoff game to win a series. Well, he's never had that opportunity though, has he? I've never seen saying. I've never seen Dame drop sixty points. <laughs> I've seen him come pretty damn close. Well, anyway, all I'm saying is it, Kimba hasn't played with the with the same amount of or the 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 same amount of skilled players that uh that Dame has. You no, know, he, he is not. And and maybe if Kimba comes to Dallas, he'll be he'll be Damian Lillard and I'll be totally wrong. I hope that's the case. <laughs> but if yeah. I had to choose between one guy or the other right now, I would choose Dame, and I, you know, that's just me. Well, I'm still going to send you that, and you're going to be like shocked at how close the numbers are. I mean, they're they're literally identical, Matt. Uh, Maybe. But anyway, uh, go on with the next question. All right, our next question comes from um, from Mason, and he says, "What is your realistic prediction of how you see the summer unfolding?" Assume no pick. So this is like the opposite of the last question. Uh, well, I mean, again, well, it's it's not. It, you're right. It's not the same as uh, making our not so realistic predictions. Our, our Mavs, <laughs> our, our Mavs cat led coach team. <laughs> oh man, if I could, if I could put the Mavs cat face on a podcast I, I would do it during that se- section but uh so most realistic outcome again i keep circling back uh to kimba even though i know some people don't even think that's uh as realistic as i do but again like we mentioned last week i don't think mark stein is gonna you know report that the mavs have a legitimate chance at kimba uh, and that Kimba has mutual interest in coming to Dallas if it's not true. So, uh, you know what? I'm not going to say it's most realistic, but it definitely is a realistic outcome that could happen. And I guess most realistic, I, I'm going to go back to you know what Fish has written about a few times, and that's 
uh, Goran Dragic and uh, Nikola Vucevic. I, I think that I think that's a pretty realistic scenario if they go that route because. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think Vooch is going to get his, he's definitely not going to get a max contract in my opinion. Uh, you've, you've got the Billy Duffy connection with, with, uh, Goran and Nikola and Luca. Uh, so I, I could see, you know, that coming together and those players wanting to, to play together. And then if you do something like that, uh, if you wanted to, you know, Patrick Beverly, he's, he's also a Billy Duffy uh, client you could uh use the mle to sign him if you wanted to or or somebody else i mean it there's a lot of different options there but i, I think that's probably uh the most realistic scenario this summer i don't i don't have many bad outcomes for the mavs this summer because i think there's so many good options i really don't see them coming out of this off season without having added you know some really good pieces yeah, um, you pretty much copied my answer off my off my page. I, I was gonna say uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Dragic and, and Vucevic is probably the most likely and realistic scenario, um, you know. And and then they can they can still go out and they can get uh, and Pat, you know they can get Patrick Beverly for the MLE and that you know that <clears throat> I know that's bringing essentially three point guards outside of Luca into the fold with with those t- with Dragic and and Beverly and Brunson but we all know how much Rick likes having multiple ball handlers on the floor so at, at yep. any given moment you really have you know Beverly and Brunson or Dragic and Luca or or Luca and and Beverly or whatever I mean there's there's a lot of different possibilities there and that that could be a lot of fun um and we all know how much um the Mavs need a Deshaun Stevenson type, and I, I can't think of a single player who fits that mold better than Beverly. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a pretty realistic scenario. Yeah, I do too. And it, you're always gonna there's gonna be some people that listen to this, and they're gonna say, "Oh, well, no, the most realistic is you know they get you know a couple third tier bottom of the barrel guys." And I I just I really don't think that's gonna happen. There's too many good players on the market whether they're first tier, second tier, third tier, whatever. There's too many good players on the market. The Mavs have good young talent on their roster. They have the cap space. Something good is going to happen. It may not be, you know, our ideal scenario, but it's going to happen this summer. Something good is going to happen for once. So everybody everybody be positive. <laughs> as long as they don't have another Wes Matthews or Harrison Barnes contract type situation. That's not going to happen. It'll be fine. I, it's not going to happen. They don't. They they're at a point now to where they're not that desperate for something to happen. They when that when the Harrison Barnes thing happened, they didn't have these two players on their roster. They they were desperate to have something go right. They're not desperate anymore. So I I I just don't see it happening. But anyway, uh, we're going to be quick with this one because I don't I don't want to get into the every time we bring up the name Kimba. Uh, <laughs> we end up talking for like 40 minutes about it. But anyway, uh, Finn, he sent a, you know, a DM at step back Mavs a while back and we're finally getting to it. But, uh, he said, at what point does overpaying for Brogdon versus just going for Kimba 
no longer makes sense. Kimba is only 2.5 years older and far more effective. Same argument for Drogic at 19 million for one year versus Kimba for he put 25 to 30 million a year. Uh, Kimba will cost more than that. <laughs> well, it's not going to cost much more than that because his max, the most we can give him is 32 million a year. Well, so that's, that's what he'll get then. Yeah. So I mean. I I agree with that. Uh, if you, well, it's really it's a question, so I don't know where his stance is on it. But I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, you would rather just go ahead and pay Kimba than overpay for Brogdon. Uh, what do we I, consider overpaying for Brogdon? Because I have a I have a limit in mind. Like near max. I mean, I think if you're oh. in that, I think if you're in that. 15 to 18 million a year it's it's doable uh but if you know if it's if it's near max which i think is around 25 26 million i'm not doing that so <clears throat> no i mean I, I i definitely think uh you def you, you would go with kimba in that scenario as far as the the drogic thing i think the 19 million for one year doesn't matter as much because uh, because it's expiring, but again, uh, and we've discussed it before, I think if he ends up on the Mavs, uh, it's not going to be for that amount. He'll either opt out or, well, that's really it. I, I think he'll opt out and end up signing a, a lesser deal in Dallas. So that, that's where I, that's where my thoughts are on that. Yeah, no, I, I think the, the number I have in mind for Brogdon somewhere between uh, 16 to $18 million is about as high as I'd want to go. Um, and anything more than that, you're kind of, it's kind of a stretch because like, you know, like we've established before his age and he's got kind of a ceiling on him. Um, I think if you go any higher than that, you really do risk turning into Harrison Barnes type ter- territory where you're overpaying a guy that you, uh, want to try and force to be, to be more than he is. Yeah. Well, um, look, he's, he's a complimentary piece. I'll say this about Brogdon, and I, I really like him. We've talked about him on the pod before, you know, a few weeks back. He's a he's a 50-40-90 guy. Uh, if you look back to his rookie year until now, he's progressed in, like, every single category. Uh, his assists went down a little bit this year, but every other category, his percentages, his points per game, his rebounds, all that has gone up. So he has a lower ceiling uh, than other players do due to his age, but – he hasn't reached that ceiling yet, so he'd be no, a re- he'd, he'd be he could be a really really good third guy, and there wouldn't be any questions whatsoever about you know where his place on the team is, and I think he would know that too. No, he he's still developing, but I would argue that Harrison Barnes was still developing when the Mavericks acquired him too, and he he did make a lot of improvements to his game over his time in Dallas, but. You know, you, you can't force a guy to be to be more than he is, and that's what you run the risk of doing with Brogdon. Right. Um, as, as far as Dragic goes, um, <clears throat> I don't, I don't think that you know they would, they would sign him to the nineteen million dollar uh, number either. I think when you get to be a guy like Dragic and you're 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 in your thirties and your career is starting to kind of wind down. I think you kind of have to look at where you want, you know, if you want to have control over where you want to be and stability. And I, I, I'm not just saying that because I want him on the team. I think it's a, it's a realistic thing that you kind of have to think about. It's like, do I want to be somewhere where I think I'll have a chance to win and have a fun, you know, last couple years of my career 
and you know have guaranteed money that I can that I can rely on over over a next set amount of years as opposed to you know if I get hurt in you know my one year 19 million dollar deal there's no guarantee that I'll ever be able to recoup any of that back you know going down the line so I think he opts out and he he signs you know a two or three two or three year deal for you know 9 10 whatever MLE MLE type number where he has more money but it's stretched over a long longer period of time and he has more stability at the end of his career and he gets to play with his little brother Luca and and Porzingis and in a in a euro friendly environment that the Mavericks yeah. have established and it fits his style <clears throat> of play and it's just it's just a perfect scenario for him I'm gonna yeah. write about this. <laughs> I was about to say you probably need to you probably need to go write a piece for that. Fish would enjoy that. Yeah, I'm gonna um, do that. Tyler, well, make me a graphic. <laughs> I'm gonna move on to uh, to Jay Nobles here. He uh, a while back he sent this question. We were talking about uh, you know the the trade exception if the Mavs were to uh, to go that route if they think they can't get anything you know better in free agency and. Uh, this this was an example, or this was a scenario he gave to me, uh, and I think it would be one of those where the you know this player would just need to be dumped. I don't think we'd have to attach any picks to it, but he he offered up the idea of using the the trade exception for a guy like Tristan Thompson. Uh, you know, uh, he's a dirty work dirty work guy that. Uh, you know he can give you 20 25 minutes a game and he was saying he could split time with with Dwight Powell and uh he's in the last year of his de- last year of his deal so that was a a trade exception scenario uh given by him and i mean in in my opinion uh when Tristan Thompson is healthy i think you know the the rebounding he brings especially his offensive boards i think that would really be a big help but i i also think there's so many more uh, there's a lot more better scenarios out there for the mavs that would keep them from pulling the trigger on something like that uh the idea of tristan thompson in dallas makes me want to puke <laughs> I, you still I, have you still have Lamar Odom PTSD. Yeah that that whole that whole dynamic just freaks me out. <laughs> um, but like I, you know, like I said, I mean, he, and I mean, it's obviously not going to be your your first choice by any means. But I mean, if you're just look if we're just looking at it specifically from the standpoint, okay, the Mavs are going to use the trade exception. And you know they don't want to attach a pick to it or something. They just want to bring a player in with the trade exception. I mean, you could do worse than Trist- than Tristan Thompson. Yeah, but you could also do better. I- I'd argue that that Dragic is a better option than Tristan Thompson with the trade exception. Well, but Tristan Thompson is just that's that's too much too much Kardashian too much. I, I can't. Well, I understand your your reservations there, and again, it it's just something that got brought up. And Jay Nobles, we appreciate that. Keep sending them over to us, and you know, we'll we'll get to it in a more timely manner next time. But okay. uh, I mean, that's so, that, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't I don't have any 
any other the the only ones that we didn't answer were you know some questions that uh that we had already talked about in the past so uh i don't know yeah um actually i did i did find one more that somebody actually used the hashtag like they were supposed to so i feel like we should reward them for that (laughs) okay all right hit it uh samir musa uh, where do you rank Tobias Harris and Julius Randle for Mavs free agents, and how uh, good of a shot do you think we have at getting one of them if Kimba slash Middleton don't come? Hmm. I can oh, go first man. if you want. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to ponder on this for a second. So so from what – at first, Tobias Harris was one of my one of my guys. Like, I wanted him on the Mavs in the worst way. But then – you know, you kind of you kind of learned and, and relayed to me that uh, we kind of have a better idea of the kind of money that Tobias is going to command this summer, yeah. and that he's going to be seeking. And if it's if it's what we think it's going to be, then I'm out on that. Um, <clears throat> Julius Randle, another guy that we've talked and talked and talked about in the past, and I know um, people like me- Mike Bassick and. And well, me, and, me and you talked about this the other day too. I, I don't think, or you didn't realize how just how young he was. You know, he's he's basically Kristaps Porzingis's age. So, and that's and exciting. Mean, yeah. But my, my problem with Randall, the whole Randall scenario, is they've had their opportunities to go out and get Randall. And I think if they thought that he would work or they wanted him on the team, he would already be here by now. Yeah. So well, um, I, I'll say this about Randall, and I. I agree with I agree with your Tobias take. I I think he's going to end up being a little bit, a little bit too rich, uh, for what the Mavs want. You know what they would want to pay him, uh, for what he brings to the table. But when it comes to Randall, you know he, in my eyes, he took a pretty decent sized step in uh, in New Orleans this year. Uh, so if I, I know the Mavs have had their chances to get him in the past and, you know, they've, they've pretty much passed on it. So I don't know. I mean, I, there's always a possibility they could have watched him further his development in new Orleans this year and seeing how he played alongside Anthony Davis, who's probably going to be gone this summer. And I mean, if you see how Randall played, you know, he played as well as he did next to Anthony Davis, uh, you know, I'm sure that they could envision how he could fit next to Porzingis, who can also, you know, stretch the floor and block shots and all that. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I could see it. Uh, maybe that's a guy you could chase with the trade exception. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't – I think that's a player option, though, isn't it? I don't know. I don't, I don't have either. it in front of me. I, I think he'll end up being an unrestricted free agent, and they would just have they would just have to sign him outright. But yeah, as far as where I rank him, Tobias, he's he's if I had a top ten, he's I'd have to look up my exact top ten, but he's towards the bottom of it, uh, especially since we found out how much he's expecting uh, to get this summer. And then Julius Randle, he's I'd put him in the the lower second tier. Um, section of it but I mean again there's so many good options this summer and so many good combinations of players you could get they could do much worse than than to add you know 23 24 year old uh, Julius Randall so yeah Yeah. Um, well another thing about Tobias and this might shock you Dalton um, 
maybe even to the core. I don't know. Mm. But <clears throat> so I love Tobias, and he was near the top of my list, as I said before. But if we're talking strictly max money for these players in terms of our, our you know, Kimber or Tobias Harris or whatever, I rank I would rank Kimba above Tobias Harris if we're just talking about max money. If we're giving one of those two guys max money, I'd rather give it to Kimba than Tobias Harris. You're right. I almost fainted. I mean, I'll say I'll say I'll say that much. <laughs> Don't get used to it, but well, like I said, if the Mavs sign Kimba and it all works out, I am looking forward to your uh, to the podcast where you come on here and you're just like, I'm sorry that I doubted Kimba. <laughs> I'm looking. No, I, I have no problem with that. I, no I know. That. I know you don't have any problem with. It. I'm just saying. Like I, I really hope that it happens and it works out well, and we can all, we can all laugh about that. <laughs> Will you just promise me that if it doesn't work out, that you'll come on here and be like, "I was wrong. I'm sorry." Yeah, I, I have no problem <laughs> doing that. If it, I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong about something, but I mean, I like to think that I'm right about some things too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a risk, so we'll see which way it goes. <laughs> well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Step Back. We really appreciate all who uh, you know went on Twitter and asked us these questions. Uh, we really need to do this more often, Matt. We, it feels like forever since we did the last one. Uh, a lot of good questions brought up, a lot of good names we got to discuss and everything. So just keep it keep it going in the future. We'll do one of these soon and. Uh, as always, just remember to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, if you'll leave us a review on there, that always helps. Uh, we're always trying to grow this thing. Uh, Matt, you have anything else? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, as far as the Q&As go, I think we should probably try and do one at least like once a month. Yeah, um, I think so. But, but also, Dalton and I, you know, we decided um, – you know, we're, we keep trying to figure out ways to keep this this podcast growing and evolving, and and to keep our, our listeners involved as much as we can. And we decided another good way to do that was to create a Patreon account. And basically, what Patreon is is, you know, you can go in and you can become a patron of ours, or or you know, for lack of a better word, a donor, where you uh, you know, you pledge anywhere from one to as high as you want to go, uh, one dollar a month or higher, however you, you know, whatever you want to do. It, it's not a requirement or anything, and you know, we don't have any special benefits for you yet that we can think of. We might come up with some in the future, but as right now, it, it just all it really does is, you know, it goes towards helping us out and making sure that we can keep you know doing this and bringing you the best content we possibly can on the podcast and and all that good stuff. So if you want to go uh, and, and check out our Patreon page, it's patreon.com slash stepbackmavs. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's no requirements or anything, but we, we every dollar counts, and we really do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we I, I think I speak for both of us when I say, uh, you know, we, we, all, we always had high expectations for this podcast when we started it in, uh, in January to start off the new year, but... I mean, it's really, it's really taken off, and it's, it's, it's been so much fun, and I can't believe we're closing in on 20 episodes already, and uh, the support has been outstanding from all of you guys, and you know, like Matt was saying, the with the Patreon thing, nothing is required there. We just wanted to inform you of it, and you know, if you, if you feel like contributing anything, you know, it's much appreciated. But 
uh, again, we, we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point, you know, coming on every week, listening to us and spreading the word because, you know, we've, we've seen our listening, our listeners go up every single week and, uh, it's been a lot of fun guys. We're going to continue to bring you the best Mavericks content. We know how both on the podcast and at DallasBasketball.com. So, uh, guys, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week. We're going to do a podcast earlier than usual in the week because the lottery is on Tuesday night. Uh, we will be on here to give you an, an instant reaction uh, to wh- what happens in the lottery and if the Mavs keep their pick or not. So, guys, have a good weekend. We'll see you early next week. Have a good one. Even still coming with the calibers flow The man's the best on the flow I'm wild but yeah I'm the GOAT This game get cold Yeah you might need a coach Your friends turn into your foe But I'ma just roll Gotta keep rolling your boat Yeah I swear I give them hope I say I'm cleaner than the soap This time of year proves Who a really single float for Yeah real. it's the Mavericks All about action Don't do no action No Samuel Jackson Dirk at the ball You know that it's magic Post move deadly Yeah get tragic Yeah it's the Mavericks All about action Don't do no action No Samuel Jackson Dirk at the ball You know that it's magic Post move deadly Yeah get tragic you know, in this game, it's a lot of grit, you know what I'm saying? Proves who has integrity. Late nights, early mornings, but we all want the trophy at the end of the day. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float, only the real gonna float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.